Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Have you recently been served with an application to the court about property or children's matters? Well, then this episode is for you. We've had many listeners writing in asking, what do I do? What does it mean? And today it's your opportunity to have mum here answer those questions for you. And we're going to talk you through the process of what it means and what you need to do. Hello, mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be back on air. It is. Welcome back. It's been about a month. Mum's been sick. She lost her voice for two weeks (laughs) and then I got sick. And yes, it's been pretty rough for all of us, but we are through the worst of it, aren't we, Mum? So yes, we're a bit croaky and a bit rusty, but yes, but people have been saying. So please forgive us. Where are you? Where have you been? So that's where we've been. (laughs) Yes. So don't worry. We'll be back every week. And this is going to be a series of episodes that we're going to do because as we've been uh, talking to and being involved in some of the domestic violence charities, a lot of the social workers have said to us, haven't they, mum, half of our job at the moment is helping women fill out these forms. So so hopefully if anyone's out there who's been served with the document and they don't know what to do, this is general advice, but mum can talk you through a little bit of what what you need to think about and what's going Mm. on. So let's get into the nitty-gritty of it, Mum. First of all, what does being served mean? So so what does that mean exactly? Okay, so being served means you've been given the documents um, in a way that the court recognises that you know the court events on, you know about the documents. So it's just uh, whoever gives them to you, however they get them to you, has to prove that you know about the court case. Most services are done through email A lot of them are. You have to say you're going to accept service that way, but you still get the odd um, uh, process server, they call them, who would turn up at your house, knock at the door, you go to the door and they say, are you um, such and such? And you go, yes. Uh, Well, I have these documents for you. And I can tell you that's a heart in your boots moment because you've got no idea what's, what's coming when you open those documents. So I kind of thought, Laura, that a podcast like this, even for people who aren't at that stage, might help soften that initial shock for them. Yes. Mm. And maybe know what's coming because maybe you've tried mediation Mm. and it hasn't worked and you've been given your certificate saying you tried, which usually if you can't agree and mediation's not working, that is the next step. So this may be coming. And I did see uh, recently, it was about two months ago, a famous American actress was doing a TED Talk or something at something and the server (gasps) served her mid speech oh my like gosh. that's horrible and I, I i don't know if that will not happen in australia, australia no, <laughs> you're not allowed to no. um, normally serve people at work it's a bad bad mm. form to serve them at work um and you would and you never can serve them in the court precincts um mm. but uh, usually they'll get you at home or on your way to work or in the car park but it's good to be served because you'd hate to not know that there was a court event happening or not be prepared. So even though it sounds scary right. in a way, it's yeah, good it's, because they have to prove to the judge that you knew about yeah. it. And if you choose not to do anything about it, that's your yes. choice, uh, bad choice. Well, not but always. At least. <laughs> not well, always. Okay, well, let's, let's, 
let's get into yeah. that then, Mum. So, okay, so you've been served with, and we're just dealing with at the moment, an application to the court about children or property yes. matters. What What is it? Okay. So it's actually called an initiating yeah. So you open up the envelope if it's in an envelope and there'll be a letter to you saying we are enclosing these documents and the first one will be an initiating application and it might be for property, might be for children, might be for both. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll generally have um, an affidavit with it. Uh, sometimes if it's property, it'll have a financial statement. It'll have a parenting and financial questionnaire or just a parenting questionnaire or just a financial questionnaire, a notice of abuse. Like it, there is a lot of documents. It'll be half a ream of paper probably. Um, but, hmm. at, but what does it mean? What does it actually mean? Like an overarching view when you say, when a client comes to you and says, I've been served with these documents. What do I think? What does uh, that mean? I think does it mean it's on. There's a case. The starting it started, line. The yeah, gun it's in court. Yeah. It started a case. It's got a number. It's got, it's got a date that it's going to court. So, you know, it's moving. And so you need to then take your steps to make sure you're represented if, if that's what you want on that sort of program or that process okay and that's your next step to decide isn't mm. it to read the documents mm. and then decide what if you what? agree with if them, i want if it you don't, if you agree don't want with it them. yes so hardly anyone agrees with the documents that the orders that they sought so what you're really looking at um, if you go to your initiating application um, you look at the orders sought okay and there's orders that they are looking the court for the court to make and have a read of those, and that will say things like, like if it's a, a parenting matter, okay, it might say uh, that it wants the house to be sold or it wants um, and, and each of you to get 50-50 or it might say that um, the superannuation should be divided or, you know, something like that. Um, children, mm. it, it'll usually have an order at the end that we'll talk about later but but says orders you know, that the uh, for costs that the um, you know that you pay the other person's costs and sometimes on an indemnity basis that freaks people out. Um, but and that's a whole episode. It's a whole episode on do. that. But yes. don't worry yes. about that. It doesn't automatically happen. It's just there in case they want to make the application for costs. I think. So yes. So so of all of those documents, um, and they'll all be upsetting. And the affidavit will mm. probably have a stack of stuff in that's irrelevant or not true from your perspective you know, um, mm-hmm. but the thing a, a lawyer will do, first of all, is look at that initiating application and go straight to the final orders sort and the interim orders sort so so they can see what is the end game. What, And then you look at it and say, well, I, I agree with that. I think we should sell the house. Um, so you can say, I agree with that one. And you, in your response, you can say the ones you agree with. But you mightn't agree that, for instance, that your ex gets 70% of the proceeds. So you might not agree with that. You might say, he should get 30%, I'll get 70 or we should get 50-50. So you go through. Okay. So keeping keeping in mind that most of our listeners have either gone to mediation, mm. so you can't get filed this, you can't be served this unless you have attempted mediation. Isn't that right? Because to, to file it, you have to have a certificate Mm, proving that you've been to mediation with children they have to before they can file they had to have proven that they've been to mediation or they've got a certificate under section 60i that says it wasn't suitable for mediation so you really don't have to to take steps if they've filed in the court um then you must your primary objective and your primary obligation to yourself is to file your response in time there's and you've got and in time it's 28, 28 days, days from is that receiving correct? it yes now 28 days 
is that week days or is Every that day. seven yeah. days? So it includes yes. weekends. So it's not business yeah. days. No. So you, the first thing you need to do is look at this, the form. Mm. And is it 28 days from the day it was served to yes. you or 28 days from the day it was served? 28 the day it was served. From the day it was said. Okay, so have a look at the date you were given it or emailed mm. it and then count 28 days ahead and that's how long you've got. But sometimes if they've taken a long time to give you the documents, say like it's mm. the 3rd of August or something and they filed mm-hmm. the documents on the um, 15th of July uh, and they don't serve you till the 3rd of August, uh, you've got 28 days from that date. But what if they have a court date that's within two weeks? You know, yeah. Uh-oh. Well, what then, then you can either try to meet that deadline and file it anyway, um, or say mm-hmm. to the court, "I haven't had time to respond, and I need an okay. adjournment." And you can say to the other lawyers or whoever's on the other side, "Let's ask the court for an adjournment because you served me too late, and I haven't mm. got my." And that's not fair. Case. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, and if you did get in front of a judge and say you only had like four days mm. to respond and you said if you're self-repped, you could say I need to, to the judge. Yeah, it's a complicated document. It's a lot to fill in. I'm doing my best, but I'm not going to get – I couldn't get it done in four days or 14 days. I need the whole 28 days. And uh, you, okay. you say, you know, I'm self-represented and I'm uh, doing the best I can, uh, but it's not fair if I have to respond to this application today where I'm still trying to fill in my my response document. All right, so 28 days is the magic number. Mm. Probably a good idea to give yourself a buffer mm. because the court portal, which is what you would have to, to file it mm. on, can be tricky the first couple of times you use it. And I think we also need to do a little tech lesson oh, um, on how is... to log into the court yes, portal. Yes, so that's a whole series, um, isn't it? That is a yeah. whole, but you go onto the FC, FCOA mm-hmm. website and go to the court portal. It's called ComCourt. C-O-M-C-O-U-R-T-S, portal, P-O-R-T-A-L, yes. and then it'll mm-hmm. show you, tell you how to register and you can yeah. register. And once you've registered, if you can look for your little court number, it would On be On the top right-hand corner of the document, mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll be something like a um, in Adelaide, it's probably ADC something, something, something um, forward slash 2022 or whatever year it was filed. Um, And that's the Adelaide registry number. Brisbane is BRC um, and then a number, and I think that could be for children mostly. So just look at that number. It's usually a four-digit number with a forward slash and the year. File file number number. in the top right-hand corner where it says court use Mm -hmm. only in the document. Client ID, file number, filed at, filed on, court location, next court date. So you need that file number. number. And then, and that'll hook you up to anything that's ever filed again on that number. You'll be able to see it in the court portal. Mm. So that's really important. And that's something that you need to get on top of. Um, Even consider starting that before you've even started filling in your forms because you have to wait for them to get back to Mm. you to register you. So don't think it's a thing you can do in one day. So give yourself that And it helps you keep an eye in case there's any other sneaky little affidavits they file just leading up to court and you're not aware of. Um, Mm. It's kind of a self-serve, I think, because although uh, they might have to serve you on some some things, uh, you get a little heads up because it's on the portal. Um, if you don't have time to file all of your documents, you can file a thing called a notice of address for service and put that up on the portal. That's kind of a placeholder that says, hey, I haven't done my documents yet, but 
this is my address. You can email them to me. You don't have to send the bailiff around anymore. Um, and mm. it also then you should serve that on the whoever has filed the documents for your ex, whether it's him himself or whether it's a lawyer, and get that to them. And then you're starting that dialogue. So when you say it's a notice to address for service, it basically is a very simple form that says, this is my name, this is my address, this is where I want you to send the information. Yeah. Um, and it's a really good idea, uh, as we've said before in previous podcasts, if you don't want your inbox of your personal email or business email to be full with court stuff, mm-hmm. uh, create, go and create a new email address and have a little alert that comes up every time something pops in that box. So you keep it separate, mm-hmm. but you got and, it all there. So it doesn't get and lost. And you put it, you put that then in your notice of address for service as the email address. So don't make it anything rude. Like, you know, I've seen <laughs> yeah. sexy 52 <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh, you know, okay. No, we don't need that. Yeah. So no, so, that would be awkward because that would be on all the Yeah, you don't want that anything really that bad. says anything no. nasty about your ex or anything like that. So just a very, very sort of very dignified email. Mm. Now, now the next part, Mum, is there are in order if so if you do agree with everything, what do you do? This is if you do agree with it, everything. Well, you just write to the other side and say, I agree with everything. And you, if okay. you have to file your material, um, then you just there's a section in that that says which orders do you agree with, and you probably mm. agree with all. I yeah, would be right. very surprised all though them. if you agree with the one about costs. So yes, go through true, and consider true. it and list all the ones that you do agree. Um, you should then once you have all your documents ready and, and you serve them on the solicitors or on your ex. Hopefully then you'll be able to identify the common ground. That's why we do all those documents so you can see. Mm. Do you know, so we agree with this, this, this and this. The only thing we're really arguing about is, in my previous example, the percentage of the house or we agree with all of this but we're three or four days apart on children's matters. All right, so let's go back to just the practicalities. You've got 28 days, Mm -hmm. leave yourself a buffer. You've logged into the court portal. You've got a username and password. You filed a notice of address. What are the service. forms that you have to do? All right. If, if it's parenting, you have to have a mm-hmm. notice of child abuse, family violence or uh, risk, uh, okay? okay? And then if you're seeking um, and in property orders. Oh, and a parent, a parent questionnaire. Yes. Oh, well, I was well. just thinking, yeah. So parenting orders, these are the documents. Notice of child abuse, family violence or risk, the parenting questionnaire, an affidavit, um, your response document and and genuine steps um, uh, a certificate or, or statement. And, and also if, and any DB? if there's any DB orders in place, you must file them. Sometimes the other side doesn't put them in and the court doesn't know mm. about them. So, so it's a lot of work. And why is that? Can I just stop you there? So uh, some of our DB ladies from some of the hubs might be listening, mm. why do you put in, why do you have to file DV orders? Because they're already in the no, court, No, they're not. They? So, they're, so they're, they're done in the state courts. They're not done in the family courts. And at the moment, the, the family courts are Commonwealth Court, and at the moment they yep. don't have free-flowing orders between the two of them. So someone has to get their order from that one court. the most it. it's ridiculous terrible. thing I've ever and, heard. And there are really... 
remembering you've got states who are a little bit sort of protective of their jurisdictions um, and mm-hmm. they're, they're reluctant to give the Commonwealth more power um, and things, that, and all the states have to make an individual agreement with the Commonwealth government. So it's, it's unwieldy. It'll happen, I think. But at the moment, it's up to you and or it's up to actually the person who filed. If they've already filed it, you don't have to. But if you if you've seen they've filed and there's no mention of mm-hmm. a protection order or any DV mm-hmm. things that have happened that the court has given you an order for, it's your responsibility then to file yep. it. You attach it to something. You portal. attach it to the uh, application, or you attach it to your affidavit to the notice or of risk to the notice yes. of risk. Okay. So the for the response to the application. Mum, you said it's very straightforward and easy, but I <laughs> think when looking at it, it's not if you're not a lawyer. So uh, we are going to talk you through okay. that in a video lesson if you're interested, um, which will be available on our website shortly. But in that, the notice of child abuse safety thingy, yes. that form is pretty self-explanatory. Notice of child abuse, family violence or risk. Yes, it's so pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, so- uh, I had someone the other day who put not applicable instead of no or yes. You need to say yes or no to a lot of the questions, and you need to okay. uh, and you need to raise your specific um, incidences and things in that document. Um, you can be sure the court goes back to it a couple of times, and so will anyone acting for the other side, and even acting for you. Mm. And if you raise an allegation later that didn't show up in your um, notice of abuse, and, but happened before you filed your notice of abuse, then that you could have trouble getting people to believe that that's a genuine uh, issue, you know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so when you do go to file your response mm. to this documents you've been served, uh, you will realise if you're doing it yourself on the portal, it will say you need to file this form and it'll bring it up for you mm. and you can answer it on the line, online. online, or you can go to, or you can go to the FCFCOA website and download it, and then fill it in yourself, and then upload it again. Mm. But it is questions about what's happened to the children, what their names are, what dates incidents occurred, have you reported it to the police, that kind yeah. of thing. That is going to take a little while. That's going to take at least half a day if you've got lots it's of a half incidences. a block of chocolate and two glass, two cups yeah. of tea. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware that this isn't an easy, this is why there's 28 days. Mm. Now the next one is the parenting questionnaire Mm. and the parenting questionnaire does kind of overlap and has similar questions. Um, but it's what are the names of the children? What are their bedrooms like? Mm. Do they have share? Mm -hmm. What are their interests? What, what entertainment do Mm. they have at home? There's a lot of those kind of questions, uh, which we'll also do a a little video on how to fill it out, but it is pretty self-explanatory. You don't need a lawyer to help you do that, but you can ask someone, Mm. but you can do it yourself. And then it comes up to affidavit, which why do we need to file an affidavit with a response? Okay, so your all evidence in the family court, uh, all primary evidence is given in affidavit. So we don't have people up in the witness box telling their story for the first time to the judge. Everything is by affidavit. Um, and so you have to swear on oath um, pretty well the things that you've talked about in the notice of family risk and violence and also in the parenting questionnaire. You have to swear mm-hmm. on oath about your circumstances, what's happened when you're separated, how the how the kids are, you know, their ages, what what the issue is, you know, and, and why you think 
that your orders are the ones that the court order make rather than the orders or why you think the other person's orders aren't going to work or aren't, aren't uh, good for the kids. Okay, so this affidavit that you file with your response application, which we'll mm. talk about in a minute, is basically supporting the reasons for what you've written yep. as the orders that you want as opposed to the orders they mm. want. Can that affidavit also be used as a response to why some of the orders they're asking for are bad? Or Sorry to interrupt, but we have a great new product that I'd like to share with you that might just help you fill in these forms. We totally get it. These forms feel like they're written in a completely different language. For just a small amount of $10, you can get our 45-minute lesson guide where mum will talk you through each question that comes along in the response to initiating application form. If you're trying to fill in this form and you're pulling your hair out, jump onto www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and download our $10 video that guides you through how to fill in this lesson. Have a family law specialist for 35 years telling you what all these crazy words mean and guiding you through answering every part of that form. If you're interested, jump to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au, stop pulling your hair out and feel confident and empowered in going through your divorce journey. See you there. Can that affidavit also be used as a response to why some of the orders they're asking for are bad? Absolutely, or? yeah. And, and it's okay. kind of the the foundation document, really, of the notice of risk and child abuse, and also of the parenting questionnaire. Because um, mm-hmm. if you're putting that stuff in those two documents, notice of risk and parenting questionnaire, you should back it up with sworn evidence in your affidavit. I think the reason the court does this that questionnaire is for a quick snapshot of the party's um, circumstances rather than having to read Mm. through affidavits, which put things in different order, different people, Mm. different ways. And it's just, but it's not sworn evidence as such. And so they need it in an affidavit. Now, one question that we also got asked recently said people have been served with a bundle of documents Mm. or they've been emailed it. And that, like you said, it can be upsetting. And I think a lot of people don't focus on the order sort. Lawyers might, but a lot of people focus on their ex's affidavit, oh. which could be just full. How dare of they? How things. could they say yeah. that? He knows that's or not right. A conflicting view. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that you know the up, upset, hurt <laughs> situation. And I know for a fact that one lady asked in my affidavit, "Do I?" use it to respond to all of their lies or all the stuff or what do I, you know, how do do we focus? So your affidavit tells your story, right? And Mm. then in response to the husband's or ex-wife's whatever affidavit, I say this and then you go through and say, I disagree that we separated on this date. In fact, we separated on that day. I disagree that that person did most of the childcare in the house. That's not true, Um, you know. Mm and just generally clear up the things that were wrong. Often I find people, they get that affidavit, they're tremendously upset. And before computers, Mm. they would come in with red writing all over the ex's affidavit and a lot of them were swear words. And I'd go, oh, dear, that's got to go (laughs) on my file. (laughs) But but now, um, but even so, now they're getting them electronically, it still hurts and it's still wrong. And they'll often feel Mm. terrible until they've got it all, their side of the story, in a similar document 
and that gets filed mm. and then they feel like the record's been corrected. So, yes, it's both. Mm. Bear but, in it, mind, but it's also oh, sorry. It's both, yeah. Mm. But So the headings would be in response to the Yes, but that's, I do that towards the end. I, I wouldn't let the okay. other side carry the narrative. I think you okay, put Okay, so what do you mean by that? I think that's important mm. that you – so what is – how do you not let the other side carry the narrative? What does okay, that mean? Okay, so if they – the affidavit will be like their first salvo in their case, right? And it might start mm-hmm. off with uh, when little Johnny was born, um, my ex had postnatal depression – um, and I don't think she's ever gotten over it. She's had mental health plans and da-da-da. So their narrative is that you can't cope as a parent. And if you right. do an affidavit that starts off with, that's not true, yes, I had postnatal depression but it was only for two months and I could do all of these things, This that's not true. Like you, you are kind of being defensive, whereas you would mm. be better off to say, um, like it, your truth probably is more to the point was. I was um, a little bit taken aback by how unsupportive my partner was and I had to do all of the work myself. He never got up at night, etc. any of that sort of. But I've been taking the kids to school and now I'm in a routine and, and the children are comfortable with me. Here's their report cards. I'm managing fine. That's you taking the narrative back. And, and on the contrary, okay. my ex doesn't, you know, he's been working away, I've been doing most of the work. So you just reshape the argument so that the judge okay. doesn't so, think it's all about your mental health. No, it's that's, you know, here's all the positives. Well, the kids are doing well at school and this, you know. Mm. Mm. Okay, so, so basically it's like writing a story to the judge mm. for the judge to understand what's going on and if you just spend the whole time being defensive about that one issue but not focusing on any other issues that maybe your ex-partner won't bring up because yeah. they don't want to bring it up, then then you are letting them get away with carrying, the, the story. They're carrying the narrative. Yeah, they're making up the yeah. story. The okay. way, and the judge will read theirs first and mm-hmm. and. If if yours just follows on in that theme and doesn't give anything positive, like you say, anything that's really your side of the story, then that's what he's or he or she is working with, you know, and it can cha- okay. change your whole case. Now, we have done a whole episode right back at the beginning on affidavits. So mm. if you are interested, go to the show notes and click on the affidavit episode or you can jump into the podcast mm. and just look for the affidavits. Um, and mum gives you a good rundown of how to make sure you keep the emotion out of mm. it if you're doing it yourself and what headings and what what you should be focusing on in an mm. affidavit because an affidavit isn't just a big dear auntie may this is terrible my life was horrible mm. he's a bad person or she's a bad person it's meant to be focusing on what the judge will be looking on which is the family law act section yeah. i never remember uh, sec- what's the section 60 cc for children so in in section go. 60 um, literally the judge if they're going to make a decision, they have, they've almost in their minds, if not in writing, I've got a checkbox. And every paragraph, does this apply to anything that I can, that I can use? The judge will be saying, I can use all of these issues in section 60 to talk about, you know, to make my decision, wishes the children, um, family violence, you know, all of those things. Um, but it's going to be hard for the judge to, sift through a whole lot of dear dear auntie may story Mm. and apply it to the section so what i like to do and i was taught this in law school is use the section numbers 
in your affidavit. Mm. So when he goes, oh, but yeah. what did they say about the views of the children? Oh, I see, Section 60CC1, views of the children, and there you go. There you go, mm. laying it out black and white yep. for the judge. Now, the we're going to talk about the response form in a minute, but let's quickly look at property because mm. it's the same form. It is the same uh, So response. you need the response application form for property, but what different documents okay. do we need to so file for in that? In this one, you don't need the Notice of Child Abuse, Family Violence or Risk Questionnaire, but you do need to file your domestic violence orders if you have any. Uh, that mm-hmm. is because I think the court can tell if there's any coercion uh, or use mm. that to just raise that flag of coercion. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, they also have to file a financial questionnaire um, and it's a yes. little bit like, you know, who do you work for, how much do you earn, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then they've got to file a financial statement. That's a different document. And uh, and that one is, is quite a detailed listing out of your finances um, on a okay. uh, weekly basis. Um well, that sounds like that would take at least a day itself to do that. If you don't have a written budget already in your back pocket, it takes an, it's asking you what your yes. expenses are, what your assets are, how much money you make, how much money you spend. Well, you spend a lot of time converting. What your car is worth. You, you spend a lot of time dividing your rego payments up, registration payments up into weekly or, you know, mm. and your school and trying to work out how much money you might be spending on kids' schooling and clothes and stuff. Okay. So there's a lot so to be done. So that's important to remember. Mm. Now, so if you haven't been served any papers yet but you think court is coming up on the horizon, it might be a good idea to check out the financial statement document mm. and just start, you know, keeping a note of how much you're spending on certain things and and maybe when you do get filed with it, if you do get filed with it, it'll be easier for you to fill in yep. and less stressful. And don't forget um, the magic E. We, do we do a lesson on financial statements, Laura, or is that in the uh, we did We did that in our webinar, webinar for mediation mm-hmm. because you have to do that for mediation yes, as well. Right. Um, but I believe we will have to probably do a lesson on how to fill in <laughs> the financial statement and the financial questionnaire as As long well. as our voices so hold. That, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so for property, you have to do a response form application, the financial questionnaire, the financial statement, and any DV, and the, and file a genuine step certificate. Yes, and to show an that affidavit. And an affidavit. Okay, and so an affidavit for property yep. would have a different a different heading. slant. Yes, so it's Section 79 of the Family Law Act or Section 90 if it's de facto. Just look through there. Okay. Um, and that's the that's the contributions and that kind of thing that we've talked about in our property episodes. Yep. So they go through and and the de facto one ninety or one of the section ninety something. But anyway, but it's the mm-hmm. same as section seventy nine only for de facto. So it wants to know uh, date of birth, what you're earning, what you're. So looking at your financial questionnaire will probably give you a mm-hmm. good clue as to what needs to be in there and you need to talk about um, the history of the relationship, who had what at the beginning of the relationship, what money you brought in during the the time that you were married, what's been happening or in de facto what's been happening since you separated, who's done what. Mm. Um, You will need to mention the kids a little bit there uh, because the parenting contributions um, can be reflected post-separation in a slightly larger share of the property pool. Okay, and that that all that information, if you're interested, we talk about that section of the Act and what the judge looks for in our three-part episode on uh, sorting your property settlement and we talk about 
all of those things over three episodes. <laughs> so if you are doing that, go and have a listen to those three episodes. Pod- they're as podcast well. episodes. Yeah. How long ago did podcast we do episodes. those? Some time. Uh, last, last year. year. Okay. So, but they are most popular actually. Oh, okay. They're Good. most popular episodes. Okay. So then. You've done 28 days worth of work. You've written all of this out. You've listened to the Affidavit podcast. You've watched how to fill in your response form. Filed it on the portal. Let's have a – no, oh, we're going to we're talk about that you now. Filed it on the portal. <laughs> but let's have a quick chat about the response to initiating applications. Okay. So that's the name that's of the That's the form. main document on both of them, yeah. Okay. And one thing I think, just to, as a reminder to everybody, um, the parties, which is part A, it says full name of applicant and full name of respondent. Can you just remind everyone who's listening, who's the applicant and who's the respondent when you have been served the document? You are the respondent. To- you are responding to the application okay. to the court and they are the ones who first went to court. So they've applied to court okay. and you're responding. All right. So then you're filling in which type of orders you're seeking, whether it's parenting or financial, mm-hmm. and then you're writing about your final orders that are sought. So Leave that um, to last. And it, <laughs> Tell, yes. I think leave that to last because you can disappear down a little rabbit hole there and never come back up. Um, so I'd suggest yes. do the easier stuff first and then do all the other documents yes, and then think about the orders sought. And that might be where you mm. need to go and see a lawyer or maybe ring up Mm. a lawyer and just get some advice about what you're seeking. So can we leave that? and And it's pretty clear. Yeah, we'll leave that. But it is pretty clear. It's asking, you know, which orders do you agree to? Which numbers of their orders do you agree to? That's great. And which ones, you know, which ones. So it's, you know, it does seem quite, um, it's quite. um, Deceptively easy. Overwhelming. No, you think it's easy. I think everybody who's not a lawyer is like, ah, what do I put in this box? What do I put in this box? Mm. What am I meant to write here? (laughs) So it can seem very overwhelming. But once you have filled in all those documents, which will take you more than a day, so don't leave it till the last minute or you will regret it. Mm. Once you have done it all, um, and we're going to do a little checklist um, so that if you would like to get that, you can check it off as you go. Then you get it sealed. What does sealed mean, Mum? <laughs> oh my gosh! I just saw the word interlocutory orders. Why would we? Why did I we know. Put that in those documents? On interlocutory. See, it is overwhelming. Interim. Well, I think that I think at law school they do something with your brain, and when they put it back in again, you just can't <laughs> think like Speak a normal, normal words. You, you say <laughs> things like interlocutory, and I'm sure lawyers are the only people, along with police, who refer to motor vehicles. Oh, I'll just mm. get in my motor vehicle and go down to the shops. Yes. So, but anyway. so interlocutory means interim, interim yeah. which means it's not the final so order you're seeking. It's just what being. you want now. For the time being, mm. yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Okay. So getting your document, so you've filled it all mm. in, you've signed it mm. all um, with your affidavit and your your response. You might have had someone to witness it to sign re- it. Yeah. witness yes. it. So that's a JP, sometimes they're at the shopping centre or, or you or can a get a lawyer to do yeah. it or a solicitor. Okay, you've then learnt how to use the court portal. You've uploaded it onto Yay. the court portal. If you've got that far. <laughs> you've paid money. Yes. As you upload it onto the court portal, it won't let you file it unless you have put those, those documents, documents with in, it. Yes. So it'll say, have you got your notice to 
child risk, yeah. you have to upload it and it'll give you a little green tick. Have you got your questionnaire for parenting? Upload it, gives you a little tick. So make sure you've got all of that ready before you waste your time trying to file it all. It will file it all in one big go. You'll press the go button and then it'll come up with the seal on it which is basically just a stamp, a stamp. right, Mum? Yeah, and it comes from the very yeah. old days, Laura, where, the you know, the old sealing wax um, that the kings would mm. have or, or someone would have, in you know, and you would burn some hot wax and then put your sort of carved seal in it. And the court sort of mm. did that for a long time. Now it's just a rubber stamp. Well, it was for a long time a rubber stamp, and now I think it's electronic, but it looks like. It's a red JPEG. It's a red JPEG. <laughs> it looks like someone stamped it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been stamped, yeah, that's right? Stamped, so and that means sealed. Stamp. Yeah, a stamp that means sealed. Seal. Yes. Okay, and then that's not all. You get you download yep. it again. So you've got non-sealed, which doesn't have the red stamp, and then you have sealed, which does have the red stamp, and it's pretty much instantaneously that it does it. Um, download it, and then you have to serve it on the other side. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So we've okay. sealed it, we've been served, we've received it. We've got it sealed, which means stamped, which means has a red circle on every page, um, and it'll usually yeah. say a date that it was filed, and it'll probably give you a court date as well, or it'll have the same court date, sorry. as it's a response, yep. yeah. And then you have to serve it again. So you've got to serve it on the other side. So look at your application that was served on you and see who it is that you have to send it to. It's right down the bottom of the front page and it will say Mm -hmm. who the person's filing this document and notice of address or what address for service. And if it's got an email address, you can email it to those people by way of search. And that would be easier, wouldn't it? A lot easier. And what do you write write in the email Uh, if you're serving it? sirs, madams, okay, Uh, re and put your file number you know, 5016 forward slash 2022, um, and then put your name and your ex's name, so Smith and, and Godbold, um, and then put um, I enclose uh, by way of service. We say that or here by way of service. That's another old phrase you should use. Um, are my documents um, filed today or sealed today uh, or sealed yesterday? And then I would number them. One, response to initiating application. Two, notice of child abuse arrest. Three, a parenting questionnaire. Four, um, genuine steps certificate. Five, domestic violence. Oh, no, you'll have the Domestic Violence Act attached to something. And if it's property mm. and children, you'll also have to file a financial statement, a financial questionnaire and an affidavit. Okay, mm. so that means you've done all your job. Yeah. And then you go wait for the court date mm-hmm. that's in that box at the top right-hand corner of the form mm-hmm. and you go either into the court or you maybe wait for the lawyers to write back and say, oh, we like your idea better. <laughs> is that is, yeah, is that there happens. any talk in between waiting for court? <laughs> is, <laughs> is there any discussion okay. between that when you file it and then when yes, you get to court? Yes, of course, yes, of course. So, uh, so we're talking only final orders here. The interim orders there might come up to be an actual hearing. So we've talked about the final Mm. orders. If there's interim orders, the very first time you go to court might be for the court to make a decision on those short-term orders. So, yes, there's a lot that goes on. So their lawyers might write without prejudice, which means you can't use it in court, and say, look, um, we see we're not too far apart on this point. You know, my client's prepared to agree to perhaps one more night 
in the short term and then uh, we'll see how things go at the trial. And, and you might go, oh, that's one one more night more than I wanted, but still, you know, I'll agree to that. And then um, you can perhaps, if you're lucky, be able to either tell the judge on the day that you've reached agreement or um, if you've got lawyers on the other side, they'll probably draft up documents that you can sign and send in and, and avoid having to attend court on that, that day. great. Yes, so the, the central practice direction actively requires people to, to try to settle things and to be sensible mm. about stuff. You know, given mm. that judges could go either way on the day, there's, you know, no fixed answer for anything Really, there's usually mm-hmm. a range um, that if what mm. they're proposing is somewhere in the range of what you might get, you might think, look, I'd rather just save my money and have the fi- sort that one out and, you know, then mm. see how we go at the trial. Now, our plan, our ambitious plan was to go through each document <laughs> in depth and talk about, you know, all of the things, what happens next, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff. But it is so much to take in. But I think thank you for just sharing a broad overview of to anybody who has received an initiating application that's been served on them and their minds exploded because they've seen all these documents and they're like, holy heck, what am I going to do? Can I ask how much roughly would it cost for someone to get a lawyer to do these documents hmm, in response? Maybe 3500 Um, okay. Would you want them to appear at the court? That would be more, but they might help you draft the documents in response. So I'm thinking that's about six hours, seven hours work. But really, right. most of that work, any sensible person, I think, can do it themselves um, with the help of mm. our checklist and our podcast. But uh, you would want to, I think, go and see a lawyer to make sure that the orders you're looking for, the orders sought, S-O-U-G-H-T, mm. which um, which means orders looking for, um, that they're a reasonable response and that you're likely to be able to get them. Like you might want supervised time until the child is 17 um, that's never going to happen. So you need a judge to say to you, no, you know what, that's not going to happen. Um, there'll either be mm. no time or there'll be, you know, supervised time for a briefer period of time. So they t- can just reality check with you or you might want because you might 90%. Not know. Oh, well, you won't know the law. What 90% mm. of the assets and a judge might say, well, actually, a, a lawyer might say, actually, that's the court won't give you that. I don't. I can't see any case where the court would give you that. Or you might say, I don't want to touch his super or her super. I've heard that a lot. Oh, I'm not touching anything that he had when we were married or whatever. I'm not touching anything bought with her over time. Um, well, a judge. Uh, uh, why do I keep saying judge? Your lawyer will be able to say no. Actually, you know what? It all has to come in, and they can say you're doing this for your future and the children. Um, you might mm. have the guilts for some reason for breaking up and that might make you want mm. to have a, a do an a, arrangement that's not in your best interest long term. So the okay. lawyer can reality check you and, and sort, sort of shuffle your orders around. But you, you normally wouldn't want to be paying a lawyer to fill in your full name, your date of birth, the date of mm. marriage, the place of marriage, each of the children. And and the notice of child abuse and the the parenting questionnaire and the financial statement they're going to have to ask you the That's questions right. anyway They'll ask and you then type it in and for then you. put it in for you and <laughs> so yeah. perhaps maybe do it yourself mm. and then go see a lawyer to check. Mm. With yeah. a lot of our Did clients, let- we send them those documents if they're not overwhelmed. If you can't think straight, if you are so you know so distressed, uh, you you mm. might have to pay a lawyer to do it. 
But, you know, with the help of like a, a plan and setting aside some time each day, um, put some mm-hmm. nice music mm-hmm. on and just work your way through just it. Just tackle a little bit a day yeah. and then get through it. You've got basically nearly a month yeah, to do it. That's right. um, but again, remembering that if you file that response, that is what you're saying to the judge that you want. So you, it is a really good idea to see somebody mm-hmm. at least once to get their view so that you know that you're not going in there asking for them to take you to the moon, which is never going to happen, um, and wasting your money and time. Or if you put in orders that are almost too good to be true for the other side and they agree with it, um, then you're stuck you're, with you're it. Stuffed. So you be careful yeah. what you ask for because you just might get mm. it. Mm. Okay. So it sounds like in that time, the 28 days, you probably also need some reflection time to just kind of really dig down there and make sure, am I not wanting to get what's fair because I feel guilty because I broke up with them? Am I not wanting to do what's right by the children because I feel bad? So all these things you need to ask yourself uh, and really reflect and maybe have a chat with a family friend or a psychologist, but definitely check with the lawyer at least once, if you're, once you if, come up with what you'd like. Absolutely. If you're an organised person, I mean, for me, that would freak me out receiving documents like that as a lay person. But mm. what I would do, um, I would print them out, find the documents I need, maybe print them out, mm-hmm. I know that's old school, or save them in a file on your computer so at least you know. So I'm not going to start those documents today because I'm too upset. But these are the ones I've got to fill in. Um, I know where mm-hmm. they are. I'll start on the first one tomorrow and divide them up. It's like doing an exam. Yeah. Um, And if you are interested, we do talk you through how to do a parenting agreement or parenting Mm. proposed orders in our DIY divorce blueprint um, and also property. But I think it's important here if you've been filed these documents and you're freaking out, served, sorry, if you've been served, or the document's been filed and you've been Mm -hmm. served and you're freaking out, to just remember that's what they're saying and that's what they're asking and this is your chance to do a response. Mm. Um, and hopefully clear up some of those situations. And, yes, it seems like a lot of work, but if, like Mum said, if you break it down within those 28 days, you can get it done. And we were going to be doing a fair few episodes based on these uh, forms and this topic so that we can continue to help anybody out there who's feeling a bit lost. But thank you very much, Mum, for um, your time. And uh, we also have a uh, podcast winner to announce, and we'll be doing that next episode because okay. uh, we took all of July off, but we're back. <laughs> well, reflection um, time was good, and look what we've come up with as an idea. <laughs> exactly. Well, yes, and thank you to our lovely members and listeners who've put through some questions Thanks, guys. as well. So thank you, Mum, for your time. Thank you, everybody who's listening. Make sure you check out the other episodes related to this and stay tuned uh, on our website www.thedivorcecourse.com.au, you can very soon download the video where we talk you through how to fill in the form. Okay. Stay safe, everyone. Bye, Laura. Thank you. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.